Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey now, it's the debut edition of the Mike and JD show, and I am Mike Gilbert. Alongside always, uh, JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Everything is new. Everything is fresh. Yeah, we took, yeah. We took a two-week break, and like nothing happened in the time that we were gone. Everything <laughs> stayed normal. Like nothing went crazy. It's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. Super. So we took the worst possible two week break that we could have yeah. possibly taken. Cause so much happened, but um, I'll be honest, I needed a little bit of a break from not only from my regular job, but from my house and from my podcast and everything that was going on. I'll, I'll be honest. I maybe watched other than when I was at WrestleMania, I watched like two wrestling shows the whole time I was gone. I, I didn't, I didn't hardly watch anything. The pressure was off me too. And I felt it myself. Like, um, yes, if you listen to Brace for Impact recently, you might have noticed the show had been wearing on me a bit. Yeah. So I've been enjoying my break, too. I watched Dynamite last night, the replay, and I, and I fell asleep mm-hmm. with a half hour left. Not because the show was boring, but because it was 1130 at night and, you know, the wife had surgery this morning and I had to get up early. So. Oh, well, I yeah. uh, hope the wife is doing fine, okay. Fine, fine, yeah. fine. Nothing, yeah. nothing important. Nothing was well, important, but nothing like critical. You know, good. Yeah. Yeah. So you may you guys may notice that we have new logos. We have new everything. We we announced yesterday on Twitter the uh, the rebrand from Brace for Impact to the Mike and JD show. So I just want to address that at the top of the show. Um, so JD and I had been talking for a while and we've been wanting to incorporate a lot of non impact related stuff to our show because I felt and JD felt that we were getting pigeonholed. And that we were only able to talk about impact. And last year during the brawl out controversy, 
we were chomping at the bit. We wanted in on that story. And then so we did we did a whole show dedicated to Brawl Out. And honestly, like a lot of other folks and a lot of folks on this network, they did their own versions of it. I thought we fucking hit a home run with, with that show that we did. Um, uh, I, I, I really did. I, I, that was so much fun. And then as more news stories started to come up, we started to talk about it and incorporate it into our show because the impact stuff, not only did the show get a little bit stale, but the, the stories just, they just weren't really anything worthy of sinking your teeth into, but there was so much drama going on in WWE and AEW all the time. And I got sick of seeing everybody else uh, being able to talk about it. And I'm like, you know, if we continue to be just an impact show, we're not going to grow. Our numbers reflected that, and a lot of other things reflected that. So what we decided to do, um, and I want to give a shout-out to Lucha Doncic, a hardcore BFI faithful, a BFI chat member. He called, us the Mike, he called us the Mike and JD show, I think, from the beginning. He, he really he never really referred to us as Brace for Impact. It was the Mike and JD show. Um, he could see it. But I think people that weren't part of that little click that we had were going to ever take us seriously or take our opinions seriously about other products other than Impact if if we continued the Brace for Impact branding. Um, and I'll be honest, I was a bit stubborn. I didn't want to give up that brand um, so soon because I, I love that name. I loved my articles back in the day, and I loved the podcast, and I had a lot of fun with it. But um, it was time for us to do something different. It was time for us to grow and uh, seek out new opportunities. What always frustrated me was what I would hear from people like, man, I love your guys' show, but I hate Impact. And I was like, yeah. well, do you watch – because last year I was like, well, do you watch Impact? Impact's a pretty good show. Give it a shot. That got harder to do this year. I had a lot of people go, man, you and Mike are funny. I really like your show, but I just don't care about impact. And I had to be like, hey, I, me too. <laughs> like, like yeah. it, it, so it's nice to be able. And again, we're always, we're never going to abandon our roots. Brace for Impact will live on in our chat, right? The Brace yeah. for Impact Twitter chat is awesome. And we're always going to talk impact on the show. But just, you know, being us, Mike and JD, we get to, you know, talk some other stuff maybe not even talk about wrestling sometimes maybe we can talk about movies or tv or books yeah. you hey, know hey now we can <laughs> we can do it, it just it's nice not to have like these parameters on us and we just kind of get to be us a little bit yeah i mean because we have we have so many interests and the show is always going to be pro wrestling focused always um but we have so many interests outside of pro wrestling outside of impact um i'll be honest the, I would say since 2019, when AEW started, I've I've watched every bit as much of AEW as I have Impact. Um, I that, those are always my two shows that I watch no matter what. And more recently, I started incorporating uh, WWE into the mix as I because I had WrestleMania tickets and I was just you know getting into the product a little bit more. Um, and so, but AEW and Impact were really kind of my two things. And then I had a, I developed a love for Noah through this show and I, uh, and I always had an appreciation for New Japan. So I had a lot of different wrestling that I would like to talk about, but maybe, like you said, we love talking movies, TV show, music, um, uh, anything. You're a big comic book guy. I am. So we can we can take this show anywhere that we damn well please. This is the Mike and JD show. This isn't an impact show. It's not an AEW show. It's just whatever we want to talk about. Welcome to the new revolution, motherfuckers. We are ready to go. Um, and on on oh, so brace for impact. I told I told Garrett that I wanted to cuss less, and I have. I, I, that's that. what I'm laughing about because really we had to talk. Garrett's like maybe tone the profanity down a little bit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's probably right. We probably swear too much. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. And Mike's like, fuck 
this fuck that you know we're on the show for <laughs> five minutes so you know yeah it's so I, I i will try to tone it down a little bit but i got a little excited sorry it's got, got a little excited we're, yeah. hey so, we are who we are yeah, so as far as Brace for Impact, um, Brace for Impact is still going to be around. It's still my brand. It's still my baby, so I love it. I'm going to keep it around. Uh, I will be doing some Brace for Impact content on the Patreon. Um, I have decided not to abandon the Impact product completely, um, but will I be doing play-by-play recaps like we did on this show? Um, not likely, but as news stories break and as things happen in Impact, I will I will take a uh, to uh, record, laying down some audio, and if uh, if JD's interested in talking about, it, I'll bring JD on, but or I'll bring on other folks, probably from the BFI chat, uh, and keep keep that around. That's fun for me, so um, I I will I will continue to talk about it. I'm probably on my own more though, um, you know, because that is just more like a side thing for the Patreon. And it's hard for us to schedule. I live in <clears throat> yeah. I don't even live in the Chicago suburbs. I live in Illinois, um, deep in the country. You live in Hawaii, so I mean, like getting a schedule together is difficult. Right. That's why yeah. it's hard to do for us to do post shows because we can never quite get our schedules to align. And quite honestly, doing the blow for blow step step recaps, I just don't enjoy doing that as much. You know, like yeah. it was it's fun with impact because like nothing impact is rarely mediocre. Right. There's rarely a time you're like, that eh, was okay. You know, it's either this was really good or, oh, my God, what are we doing? Like, so that at least <laughs> makes it fun. But I mean, like blow yeah. for blow, step by step podcast. Like, I just I don't enjoy even listening to those. So, I mean, like that part yeah. of the show was getting a little much for me. But like talking about it and like, what does this mean? That's a blast. I'm hell bent that we will have John Muse on this show someday. I'm going to make this happen. It has to happen eventually. Yeah. Right. I'm speaking yes. this into the world. I'm manifesting this. We will. If you're a li- if you're a listener of this and uh, you know John or you follow John on Twitter, tweet him and tell him to finally come on our show. Yes. We, we have a group chat with John. And we can't seem to get him on. <laughs> I know. I talk to John almost every day, and I can't yeah. get him on the show. It's craziness. Yeah. But uh, hey, guys, let's go ahead and get into our first topic. And uh, surprise, surprise. Wait. Sh- you know what? I. I, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and just do this. Oh wait, never mind. I'll just get to the topic. <laughs> Sorry, I screwed that up. It's been look. We've been gone for two weeks. Been gone for two weeks. Uh, C CM Punk, his AEW return is uh, imminent. Um, so this has been this has been brewing for a while. So essentially, um, CM Punk has been wanting back in. Uh, he's got his uh, minions out there. The FTR. Um, they are basically Dax on his podcast has been trying to speak it into existence. People are taking to social media. Well, they've let it known that not only does CM Punk want to come back, um, it looks like Tony Khan wants CM Punk back. Um, the elite, who knows where they stand, but, uh, FTR and CM Punk are trying to, trying to work it to where they can get a match with the elite, likely for Wembley Stadium, that's what they're aiming for. Um, but the more they talk about it in public, the less likely it's actually going to happen, according to Dave Meltzer. But a Fightful Select had a report out today that um, the plans are in place for CM Punk to return. It looks like it's going to be uh, in June in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena. Um, JD will likely be in the house there. Um, I, I heard I, I heard this story like a, a week ago, and I also heard that. Um, the announcement's probably going to be coming in May. Um, I don't know what the significance of that is, but that that's what I heard was that there was going to be a May announcement. Um, that did that was not in the Fightful Select report. That is a uh, that is Mike Select, I guess. 
Um, he's he's going to be returning June 21st in Chicago, and that's what's coming in May. And that the new Saturday show that we all thought was going to be in prime time, although there was never an announcement, this is all just rumor that we all thought was going to be at 6.05 or 6 o'clock on TBS. Um, that was more of a, hey, look, they're doing a Saturday show. It would make sense to do it at this time. Looks like that one actually might be another prime time show. And um, there's some speculation out there that a roster split would be involved and that CM Punk would be leading the charge on Saturday nights. That way he doesn't have to work with the elite because the elite want nothing to do with the guy. So you'd have the uh, team punk on Saturday and team elite on Wednesday. That's a lot of stuff going on. JD, what say you? Hell yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, there's so many people that are upset about this that, like, apparently CM Punk wounded all of fandom. Yeah, it just, it, it's hilarious to me. Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. AEW programming is much better with CM Punk. Like, the revisionists can go back and say whatever they want, but every program he did was great. The one with Darby, yeah. great. It was the return. It was it was going to be great no matter what. The Eddie Kingston one, great. The The MJF one, phenomenal. My favorite match probably of 2022 was that chain match, right? The hangman thing was weird. We found out why. And then he got hurt. And then it was kind of chaos at that point. But I'll be honest, AEW TV is much better with him on. And you are kind of in a wrestling war still. WWE's hotter. Maybe they are cooling off a bit. There seems to be the tide might have shifted just a tad as far as uh, perception goes. You know, it takes a while for business trends to kind of catch up with with kind of what this the fan zeitgeist is at. So maybe they cool a little bit, you know, a little bit of a controversial WrestleMania finish. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm excited no matter what they do. If they wind up working together in Wembley Stadium, which will be the biggest show in AEW history, like there's tons of speculation about how many seats they're gonna sell. I think having CM Punk at the top of the card is a great move. Right. If this Saturday show comes about and they're able they're able to do a true brand split like WWE has never really been able to do, right? They always kind of flirt with the idea, but they never really commit to it. Like if everyone hates each other, well, what the hell? Great. It's good for me. It's good for talent too. Gives them more of a chance to get work. They have a lot of guys under contract. A hard brand split gives more people opportunities. I Is CM Punk a ticking time bomb that eventually will go off? Probably. Who's going to be entertained by this in the long run? Me. I will be entertained. And what's important to I will be entertained. That's all I care about. I don't care. I don't give a shit how harmonious the AEW locker room is. That just that means nothing to me. I don't care. I want entertaining television. Right? For everybody out there that doesn't like this backstage drama and the leaking to the press and all the Bullshit. tweets and the podcast, you're full of crap. This is awesome. This whole thing has been awesome. Brawl Out was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling, and it was real, mm -hmm. right? And then all the drama that we've gotten since then, CM Punk's tweets from a few – or Instagram posts from a few weeks ago, Dave Meltzer just randomly talking on his message board about top-secret stuff, thinking that and, nobody else could see it. And pooching the whole <laughs> thing, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like everything about this is awesome. Um, I, I love all of it. It gives us stuff to talk about. Um, and and you know what you know so someone would say is CM Punk worth the hassle? Well, yes. Look, yeah. A. Well, look. May, may will they ever get the return on investment? I. I hell I don't know. I I don't know how much the guys how much they're paying the guy how much money he brings in. But I can tell you who does think he's worth it. Tony Sorry Khan. And, and here's the thing about billionaires that people need to understand. 
um, they're very full of themselves. A lot of them, even if they didn't come make be a billionaire from the ground up, like Tony Khan, like he had very much had dad's help to get to, to for his success, right? But he very likely thinks that he can make just about anything work. And he's thinking he can make this stuff with CM Punk work because he knows that there's a bunch of money waiting for him. And the, the thing that uh, billionaires love more than their ego is money, right? And Tony Khan, driven by ego, driven by money, he definitely wants to bring CM Punk back in the fold. And he's going to do that at the risk of losing. You know, they're, uh, who I think are their pillars, this other Darby and Sammy and Jungle, they're not the pillars. It's it's the elite, right? It's it's Kenny Omega and it's the Young Bucks. Um, th- those guys are the freaking pillars, not these other kids. But um, at, at the risk where. of possibly, lo- at, at the risk of possibly losing them, um, which and, and we'll get into the Vince stuff later, which I, I I think it's less likely that they would now that Vince is back. But you know, at the risk of possibly losing them, he's willing to bring CM Punk back. He's willing to alienate the locker room a little bit in hopes that he has the skill set and the leadership skills to be able to kumbaya this whole thing together and, and make everybody a bunch of money. Here's the thing. You're going to work with people you don't like. Do it yeah. every time. I, co- I work in high school. Most people can't can't stand them. Like, that's life. I'm sure you don't like everyone in the base. We've talked about this before. This is what mm-hmm. leaders do. Tony Khan does have a lot of money. He does do a lot of work. He works really hard. But one thing that has been lacking is his leadership skills. And this is a chance for him to improve because everything, every day is an opportunity to get better at something, right? He needs to get better at his leadership skills. So let's see where he's at. Like, I firmly believe that Tony Khan, um, his lack of leadership is what really started all this thing, mm-hmm. right? He, him not really addressing the Colt Cabana thing, right? Was Colt let go? Was he moved to Ring of Honor? Does Colt Cabana matter in the year 2023? Nope. Like, really started all of this stuff from him letting Hangman Page be passive aggressive on national television, which is fine, by the way. If Hangman Page is passive aggressive and um, a jerk on TV, but only the people who are involved in the product know he's being a jerk, that's perfectly fine because everything the elite does is sunshine and peace. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like FT, yeah. FTR is a bad guy. Like they're bad guys because they talk to Jim Cornette. But Hangman Page and the Young Bucks, they're perfect human beings. Oh, they're friends with Marty Skrull. Oops. Oh, yep. They're friends with Joey Ryan. Oh, wait. You know, that doesn't count because, you know, everything the elite does is magic. Right. All I'm asking for is some balance here. And these people are just they're ridiculous. Like, you know it, who you know who hang, Hangman is? You know who he who, is? He's he's Gavrilo Princip. You know who that is? I know the name, but Mike, I need you to educate me. Okay. So he was a, a Serbian, right? Um, he was a Serbian in, uh, in the lead up to World War One, and the Archduke of Hung- uh, Austria-Hungary, Franz Ferdinand, oh. uh, went down there for a meeting, right? And he didn't have good enough security. He actually evaded one assassination attempt. Um, and then he took a back road, got stuck somewhere. And then here comes Gavrilo Princip, an 18 year old, 18, 19, something like that, uh, with a gun and kills the arch, the archduke of France Ferdinand and his wife in cold blood in the streets. And what happened was, is that set off the chain of events that created world war one. Now, before that, it was, it was a powder keg ready to blow, right? You had, you had the Germans looking to expand. You had Austria, Hungary, they were, they were a, Oppressive, they were an oppressive regime over Serbia. Uh, Serbia had the backing of Russia. And so once that all started, once 
Austria-Hungary went down into Serbia. Russia got involved, then Germany got involved, then France got involved, and then uh, England gets involved. And the next thing you know, the U.S. gets involved a little bit later. Uh, you know, after some arm twisting of Woodrow Wilson and uh, some terrorism that happened from Germany, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. But it all started with that, with that one moment where I think that if you were to ask Princip if if uh, he, if he knew that he was about to start world war 1 he probably wouldn't he just didn't like the guy that was an oppressive regime coming into his territory and decided to to kill the guy i don't think he would have thought that this would have caused all this really this all stems at tony khan's most at fault but really it stemmed from Adam Page being essentially Gavrilo Princip and the war of AEW brawl out. That's where it all started. Now, the reason why he gets a pass is because CM Punk lost the moral high ground with his shenanigans that became very public, right? Anytime you lose the moral high ground, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong anymore. You're automatically wrong. And that's what happened with CM Punk. So nobody remembers that Adam Page really started all this is because CM Punk um, very publicly lost the moral high ground. So everybody says he's the bad guy, you know. That's such a fascinating uh, diatribe you just went on. And you're, I, I like your analogy. It works a lot. What I like about that too is like you can pin, everyone pinpoints the uh, the, the assassination of Franz Ferdinand at the beginning of World War One. But realistically, you got this cultural shift between imperialism and capitalism driving yep. this, right? This is what really caused World War One. But like you said, that's the match in the powder cake. And that's exactly what's like, we were going to have this in AEW eventually. It was too kumbaya, too everybody loves everybody. And that's just not real life. That's not how normal people are, especially in the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket. Now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Michael, let's talk about the wrestling business for a minute, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we have a very uh, very special guest. I don't even know what to call this guy. I don't know what the parameters are. JD, you worked out this deal here, uh, so I don't really know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm. What I'm supposed to do, um, I do know that I got to switch this over, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna bring our friend on, and uh, he is going to he's gonna be wearing a mask because he uh, he does not want to be seen because if he is seen by the masses, uh, the the dozens and dozens of people that watch this show, uh, he could probably get <laughs> he, he could sorry Mick Foley joke he could get into a lot of trouble here. Um, let's let's bring our friend on JD. Why don't you introduce our friend here? Um, this is my friend. This is the black mask of pro wrestling, although perhaps he's the black mask of sports entertainment, because this yeah. is a good friend of mine <laughs> who I met on Twitter, actually, uh, arguing about pro wrestling, if you will. And then we got to kind of hit it off I'm like, hey, this guy's actually really cool. Like he is an insider in the WW. I almost said World Wrestling Entertainment. I don't know if you guys actually call that that business. I don't even know if that's the name of the business anymore. <laughs> but this is a WWE insider. 
And I'm a dude who likes to just rabble rouse a little bit and throw stones on occasion to get a reaction. And I actually wound up making a, a good friend on this. And I, I asked our friend who will remain nameless, although I like Black Mask. That's really cool. I'm a comic guy. Yeah. To come on and join us on this, the initial episode of the Mike and JD show. And Mr. Mask, sir, I want to thank you for coming on and joining us today, man. Well, I hope you can hear me and I appreciate the invite. No, it's we, we no. can hear you just fine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You've been uh, you've been secretly a contributor to the show for months. So I appreciate for months. It. <laughs> it's been great. Yeah. Um, I pre now again, I appreciate you because you're a cool dude, and I want to thank you for coming on. And you're and you're in a gimmick, which is just makes this even better. I absolutely. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to ask you what you do. I'm going to say what has the at- what has the atmosphere around WWE been like the last couple months? Like WrestleMania. Like I'm not kissing ass here. I'm going to be real. WrestleMania was a big success. I don't think anybody yeah. could deny that. Right, even yeah. people who like to kick yeah. people when they're down, like to, can't even deny that. So, talk about what's what's it been like there the last few months? Well, you know, after Vince left, um, and you know, Levesque taking over, um, it was a breath of fresh air. It's one of those things. It's like with Vince um, when he was around, you always knew, and I, I know the guy takes you know all kinds of hits from people on social media and stuff like that. Um, I've got a lot of respect for Vince. Now, Vince, you know, is he perfect? No, but, you know, you'd always done things his way. And we knew, you know, his way wasn't always the right way. So when Lebec took over, um, the morale in the company was, um, it went up tenfold. And for that little six-month period at the end of 2022, it was great. And then, of course, you know, he ends up for, pretty much forcing his way back in the company. And uh, just uncertain, I kind of messaged you a little bit about it. Because you said, no, you don't really know what's going to happen. And for me personally, and I know a lot of people, not knowing is really terrible. It's just a terrible feeling. And uh, we expected him to be at WrestleMania. Why wouldn't he be at WrestleMania? He created it. And, you know, you get to WrestleMania and, you know, he's there. He's in Gorilla. Uh, he's not barking orders or anything, but you're still kind of like, you know, here it comes, you know? And so, you know, that morale just, you know, it's just, it's just an uneasy feeling. And, uh, you know, you get the raw Monday and, uh, boy, the crap hit the fan quick that day. I can honestly say for me, I think it was one of the worst days of work I've had in, in my 20 plus career there, 20 year career there. Um, that was a very, very low point for a lot of people, not just the talent, but the employees as well, because it's it's hard when, like I said, when you're in the vent system, it is what it is. But once you get out of it, it's like, damn, this place can be so much more. And so things, I think they're better from that initial Monday, but it's, it's been a little uneasy. So it's um, Mike dropped a nice little uh, Will Will One reference for me. It's I, I look at this. This is the Mike and JD show. We get a little weird. It's Plato's allegory of the cave, right? You don't know yeah. kind of what's going on until you actually look behind the shadows and see. Oh, there's a different things can be different things can be better. Yeah. Since Vince has come back, what's the feeling like backstage? Like are people? Cause remember the the term that we always hear on the outside is walking on eggshells. Is it still? Is it like that again, or is it different this time around? 
I wouldn't say it's exactly the same. I think the big thing is anytime you see sales, mergers, anything like that, you know layoffs are coming. Now, is everything going to lay off talent? I think it's a possibility. I think for a lot of people that knew that that Vince had axed, um, whether it's um, Bronson Reed, Karrion Cross, um, you know, Dakota Kai, people like that. I think those people are, are more on edge than anybody. But I think it's worse personally with the employees because, you know, you may already have people there in Endeavor that can do their job and, mm-hmm. and they don't need you anymore. So that's that's that for me is the scary thing. Mike. Mike, look again. So, oh no, no, I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna follow up with that. Yeah, that that's the scariest part because every time there's a merger or an acquisition, if if you already have, say, if you're in the sales department or in human resources, if you already have that going, why would you hire a, a brand new um, sale or d- basically double up your your efforts to do the same thing? You could probably cut down that next force coming in, maybe keep one or two people just for a little bit of continuity and you're going to get rid of everybody else. And that's the, that's the scariest part of the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the talent, I, talent should also be worried because, you know, Vince obviously act, axed a lot of people. Um, why that was, uh, you know, profits were probably a motive. There was a lot of stuff. I think he axed a lot of people that does deserves a strong word, but he was, pretty right about honestly but then there are a lot of people that i i felt like he got wrong but he he did what he did i but in this with the merger with ufc i don't think he has to worry about you know doubling up talent there because i don't see wwe talent going to ufc or vice versa so you, they they are going to have two separate pools of talent so i think for the most part talent's probably going to be safe but it's those the the unsung heroes of the company guys like yourself um that that unfortunately are going to be uh, on hard times coming up possibly and that's the thing that I hate because when you look at any show, like look at a show like WrestleMania, which, you know, I'm not trying to toot the company's horn, but I thought that was one of the best WrestleManias that, that I've loved seen it. in years. And, I, uh, I dude, I was I was there live. What a spectacle! Just an incredible wow. production. I everybody everybody crapped on night two. I had a lot of fun on night two. I mean, because I was there and I hadn't even seen night one yet. Because yeah. during night one, I was driving to L.A. I, I had a lot of fun, man. I thought you guys had a home run. You know, and I could be wrong. This is my opinion. I think had the main event ended differently, I think people would have had a more glowing outlook of it. I just think that put such a damper on things. It was like, ah, you know what? Screw night two. Night one was awesome. Yeah. So, on the inside, did you guys – did you guys have a hunch Endeavor was coming in, or did that kind of come out of left field? Because we talked about it. Endeavor, in front of their investors, told people, we're not interested, which is not – the way things are supposed to be <laughs> on wall street. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, but then yeah. here we are. What were you guys thinking? Cause like, we were all sniffing Saudi and all kinds of, you know, dead ends. What were you, what was it like on, as far as like, who's coming in for you guys? You know, for the Saudi thing, I had a hard time. I know there are other people like me that just had a hard time seeing it just because of uh, how some of the, the media and stuff uh, view the Saudis. I figured if the only way they would sell to the Saudis, if it was just like, Vince couldn't find anybody else that would want to keep him around. Uh, because that, that whole thing about, um, you know, Vince saying that that, that Ari, uh, you know, told him that he wanted him around. Yeah, that's such bull crap. You know, uh, 100%. <laughs> that, was, that was part of the deal. Like, he wanted to stay around. But um, honestly, a lot of people didn't, didn't see it. Um, I hate saying this. 
but it's like the company is so big. I don't think people realize just how 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 much information gets flowed around. That's why I'm always really careful about what I tweet and stuff because I could hear something, but by the time I hear it, it could already gone through five or six different people. So a lot of times online when news breaks, like I've seen uh, Meltzer say stuff, Sap say stuff, and the talent and people like myself, no idea. So that's kind of was when Endeavor, you know, when it kind of broke, we found out a lot of times when everyone else found out. How does that feel like to not know who's kind of going to be running the show there? Like, you have to forgive me. I worked freelance. I worked freelance for 20 years, worked on my own, and now I'm a teacher. So this is like totally a new world for me like and the inside like to find out you boss is somebody different what what is like what's the vibe in the company like especially at a place like wwe what's been one dude for so long yeah i can't speak for like the the people working in the offices in stanford connecticut and stuff like that how they feel um i think the biggest thing for the people that were involved in the shows and stuff is or is the people currently running it um levesque and his management are they going to be kept around? You know, if they are, I don't think people really cared that much because everything, like I said, when Vince left, it had been just the best. I think a lot of people felt it had been in years. Uh, so that was, that was really the biggest question. What do you think? It's hard to say this, but I mean, like, I'm just going to ask, like, where's your head at going into the future? Like, I know you got some uncertainty. How is this kind of affecting you? Where do you see things going for you personally under the next six months, seven months, something like that. I will, there's stuff I would like to say, uh, but I will message you personally about okay. it. Okay. Well, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that. It's like, no, I say, yeah, like I said, I'm always, I'm pretty smart. You know, I, I will say this. Oh, yeah. I was calculate. Like I, I created my account basically because, you know, playing off of, uh, you know, Mike's point a little bit earlier, there's so many people that people have never heard of that you could pass by in Walmart or Target or somewhere that, you know, help put these shows on, whether it's, you know, people in, that's working the ring crew or, you know, people in the back who might have some of the most minuscule job, but they still have a role to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's... Like, those people you know they're they're a big part of what we do and so for me i think going forward um like i said i'm always conscious about careful what i put out i always figured if if i was to get caught i thought with the events administration because of my tenure and stuff i i have friends in high places so i was like you know what i might get fired but like this is my way to interact with people otherwise you know i would have never met you right Uh, and so uh, now with the UFC, it's like, man, if I get caught, um, it sucks. I'm probably more likely to, to uh, or endeavor, not the UFC, whatever. I'm more likely to lose my job. But honestly, at this point in my career, I'm good financially, not to brag or anything. But, you know, it's like, so it's just kind of whatever. But for me, um, like I said, I'll, I'll message you, but I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the next six months and stuff, um, kind of answer a, a lot of questions and kind of see how things play out because you know Vince he's not been back since that that raw mania so um you know I know he's always going to have a say in stuff but as long as 
Lebec and company are the main ones, it's much more doable. Do you've known this for a long time. Do you think he well, enjoys having just his specter hanging over the show? Just the fact that, ah, oh, you never know when I'm going to show up kind of, do you think he, he kind of, cause again, I just, I just finished a, a very mediocre autobiography about the man. So <laughs> uh, spoiler. Um, what I mean, do you think this is something that he kind of enjoys? Like the fact that people are like, is he coming? Is he going? Is he in charge? Is he not? Do you think that's something he, he enjoys taking part in or is this just like it is going to be what it's going to be and Vince doesn't care either way? I think it's the, the, the latter. I think, okay. you know, with Vince, it's like anything that, you know, anyone says about him, even if it's completely negative or you're writing a book, he doesn't care. Like he really lives his own life in his own bubble. Um, and for him, it's like it. I had this conversation with my dad when I was talking with him about what was going on. And I said, you know, Vince, what he's doing, I feel is wrong because Vince, know, Vince knows the, the overall feeling. He knows what people are saying about him online. He doesn't get online, but he hears things, you know, because um, he's got people that tell him, you know, you know his, his, his so-called yes men, stuff like that. Um, he, he knows that feeling. But if I'm putting myself in his shoes and it's wrong, but it's like if I was to create something and I know, you know, technically he bought it from his dad, but he ended up making it what it is. Yeah. So how do you build this into what it is? And then someone tell you, hey, you can't do this anymore. I'm probably going to be like, well, I'm going to do it until I die. So <laughs> I get it from, from his point, but, uh, it, you know, and again, I hate saying that. So, I, you know, I understand where he's coming from, but I, I don't think he, he really thinks anything, anything about it. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for him is, does he want to destroy his relationship or how much does he want to damage the relationship with the son-in-law? Because Lebesque said in the past, if it ever got to a point to where, you know, it was really affecting them, he would be done as well. I'm not saying that's where it's going to get. I just know that's what he said. And I think Vince knows that, hey, you know, this is what Levesque wants. It's what he wants to do. So I'm hoping that he'll be like, no, I'm going to be involved, but I'm still going to let him kind of do his thing. Might be wishful thinking, but time will tell. Has I guess, it been that way since he? Sorry, JD. Has it no, been I think with the same path. Go ahead. Yeah, since so he hasn't showed up since the raw after mania and there was a lot of backlash with him being there and with him mm -hmm. kind of pulling the shenanigans that really wanted everybody to get him out of there in the first place. Well, uh, you know, those type other than the legal shenanigans, uh, but talk about just his behavior of ripping up the scripts and stuff like that. He hasn't been back since D is, is there, is that because of the backlash of him, you know, being there that night that, that they've gotten, is that the reason why he hasn't been there in your opinion? I really don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know, because, like, that side of it, like, the business side of it, I don't know since, you know, he's had this deal with Endeavor, if he's got more corporate responsibilities now he has to attend to. I, I really don't know any of that. I can tell you about that day. And it's like that day was such a normal day, because, you know, that mania we're coming off of, and, and usually the Raw after mania, it's, it's always fun, because it's one of the most hype crowds of the year, and I'm waking up that morning thinking, all right, Monday Night Raw tonight, it's going to be fun. 
Um, a lot of people that attended Mania are going to be there. It's just going to be a great night. And really, everything was smooth as can be. You know, we go throughout the day. Of course, that was the day that the, the sale had been announced. And I think at, at 3 p.m., they had a, an employee meeting. And then I think around 5 was the talent meeting. So, obviously, I was part of the employee meeting. So, again, nothing out of the ordinary. Everything's going. It's like in these meetings, these meetings kind of frustrate me because they, they pretty much tell you pretty much what you expect to hear going in. Uh, you know, nothing's going to change. You know, Lebec's still going to run the day-to-day operations. You know, Vince will run the business end, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, well, okay, you know, you're not really told us anything, but whatever. Day still going smooth. Um, about five o'clock, they have the uh, the talent meeting. And so for me personally, you know, it's like, well, here's a great time for me to take a break. So I go on break. And then I don't know what happened, but when I come back from that break, because apparently when everyone was in the talent meeting, that's when Vince took over the script. <laughs> and um, I come back and it's almost like, I had walked into a different place because wow. crap just absolutely hit the fan. Wow. And it was like, oh my goodness, here we are. You know, it's like the last eight months or so had never happened and we're right back to square one. And it was, it was surreal. So I guess um, we won't take up all your time. We appreciate you coming on. Last thing I'm going to ask is you mentioned the relationship between Vince and, and Levesque. What's it like right now? I mean, publicly, I mean, you never know what their personal is, but I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the public relationship, as far as like the company goes, how is that? Like, how is the relationship? What is, what is Levesque acting like toward you guys? I mean, how does it feel? Well, you know, he's not acting differently toward, I think anybody else. Um, I've heard him make comments to people that are close to him that, you know, is he saying these things to Vince? I don't know. It's, it's, he's not bad mouthing Vince, but he's he's basically voicing his displeasure about things. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as their interaction that I've seen publicly with each other, um, you know, Vince is a businessman. Levesque, he'll do business. You know, they're gonna they're they're not gonna have a big blow up in front of everybody or anything like that. The only thing I can really say is just little comments and stuff that I've heard him say to to people close to him. Well, I'm Mike. You got you want to? I mean, I'm I'm speechless a little. Yeah, yeah. So I just just uh, I got two two last things, and you can answer them real quick. Um, there's been rumors of a hiring freeze. Now that the sale has gone, that the sale has been working out. Have you heard anything about a hiring freeze? Because we did notice that Brian Cage and Jay White went to AEW as opposed to coming to WWE. When I was told by by a couple of people. Um, that those things were done deals, um, but they ended up going to AEW. Um, what, what have you heard anything about that? You know, as far as the hiring freeze goes, um, nothing was conveyed to, to me per se. I'm not saying other people didn't hear about it, but um, it was kind of expected that okay, the sales gonna happen, um, unless it's like a big name like a Jay White, and I'll talk about that in a second. Unless it's a big name, we figured there probably wouldn't be a lot of hiring or anything like that. As far as Brian Cage goes, when I saw those reports, it's like I don't know how much Hunter pursued him, uh, but I knew there were people that in the company that were advocating for him. 
Um, obviously, I'm not in the the contract talks or anything, but the J1 right. stuff, and it goes back to to what I say, being careful about tweeting, is as I said earlier, it's a big company, so it's like people think. Like I get stuff messages from people asking me about, you know, just random different questions, and sometimes I'm like, look, I don't know because I don't know all the answers, and sometimes, like I said, information gets passed down. Like I see Dave, um, he'll he'll like, I think he put a while back about Alexa Bliss going on hiatus or whatever, which she vehemently denied, and I'm thinking. No, you're on hiatus, you know. <laughs> um, or there's been stuff that he's uh, he's tweeted or said on his, uh, you know, Wrestling Observer Live that at the time was right. And, um, you know, I don't care what anybody says. You know, I, I put it out there that Jay White, I expected to see him in WWE. We you talked about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, we did. Um, like I said, I'm not there in those negotiations, but from what, I knew from what people that were close to those situations had told me, it was pretty much like he was right there in your hands. And the fact that this deal didn't close, I don't know. I've got two theories. Um, either one, it kind of goes maybe something with the hiring freeze might have played a part, or Vince, you know, he shows up that, that I think was March 6th in Boston. And mm -hmm. uh, of course, he's around. And maybe that got in White's head because I feel like Jay White's going to succeed with Levesque running it, with Vince running it. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. It's so hit and miss, miss with Vince because you just never know sometimes. So Jay White hurt me. And I told JD this. Um, I hadn't felt because a lot of times when talent comes and goes, it's just like, well, it sucks, but that's the business. Um, but that one, that one was a blow because I don't really know Jay. I was looking forward to kind of getting to know him. And I hadn't felt anything like that since I first met JD when Adam Cole didn't resign because Adam Cole, I love that guy. Um, still talk to him to this day. Fantastic person. And I wish he was still in WWE, but I wish him the best of success wherever he goes. So for Brian Cage, I was like, I don't see the fit there with WWE. He's like five foot eight, two hundred eighty-five pounds of Decadura ballin. Uh, ain't no way, ain't no way he's passing a wellness test. Um, his his heart has got to be on its last legs. He's got steroid belly as we speak. I was like, ain't no way they're bringing that guy, in. and he's got no charisma whatsoever. But Jay White, I was all in on Jay White to WWE. I was like. This is perfect, man. So I that was a personal disappointment for me too. Oh, so, man, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you weren't the only one saying it. Like we, we heard from several people that, several. that it was like that it was like a done deal. Um, so la lastly, and, and we'll let you go uh, on this. And this is a very serious, so please answer truthfully. Okay. Um <laughs> have you there ever sneezed go. in front of Vince? Oh, that's a good one. Yes, please, please. If oh, it's going to get boy. you into trouble, don't answer. But I think that's a very yeah, good question. You know, it's <laughs> how do you control a sneeze? You know, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know how many people know it, but daggone it, you know, you don't nod your head. Like, you know, if somebody's saying something you agree with, if you nod your head, yes, he gets so mad because you don't influence the room, you know, so. <laughs> he's just, I don't know. He's, I, I guess, his little billionaire sense of quirks that he has. It's when you know him as long as I have, it's just like, even if he gets mad, raises his voice, it's just like, yeah, it's Vince, whatever, you know. Well, 
We want to thank you for coming on. Yes. This was absolutely awesome. You got an open invite. If you ever want to Thanks, come man. and get some stuff off your chest or something crazy goes on, someone loses their mind in a press conference or something like that. Mass, you can come shoot the shit about anything. You're, yeah. you're always welcome here. Thank always. You guys. you guys just let me know. I appreciate it. Um, I hope I didn't sound too out of breath because it's a little hard to breathe in this thing. And uh, <laughs> I was really nervous. I'm not going to lie. So this yeah. First time I'm used to seeing, uh, you know, the Roman Reigns and, and people, you know, going out and doing these things. So it's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but uh, I appreciate yeah. it. Well, we Roman really Reigns is welcome it. here too, by the way. Rome, Roman yes, spread the, the word. Anytime, so. <laughs> Tell Roman we love to have him. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to get <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right man well hey thank you very much for coming on it. enjoy the rest of your night all right thank you all thanks buddy bye bye that was wow. awesome that was awesome <laughs> you, you, know, you know what's funny you know you know what's funny is like i was like i was like how do i intro him and i didn't really intro him i let you do it because i was like i have i have no evidence that he's actually a wwe employee me neither That's uh, what other than, uh, because he's 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 messaging under a pseudonym but the things that he has said yeah. made made me think that he actually was tonight i ain't got no doubt no this brother no, works there no i mean from day one like we got into an argument literally we got a little argument about adam cole and he was like talking Meltzer was this blah 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 i'm like bro i was sitting next to Meltzer when he got the message at freaking all out like i was in the room <laughs> and then we just started bullshitting i'm like yeah you're all right it was one of those kind of things and you can see why he's a good dude like he's a fun yeah. guy to talk to so i mean i told you months ago who was saying sasha banks was gone six seven months ago i said she's gone no she's gone she's gone yeah. that was i mean because he told me she's gone mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. and then I, I try not to bug him with stuff like, Hey, what's this? Right. You know? And then like, cause he messaged me after brawl. He was like, okay, JD, we've come full circle on this. What's up with Phil? What do you guys, what do you know? <laughs> so it's, it was fun. I really, I really enjoy having it. And I liked, I don't know. It was kind of fun. I told you, Hey, we should get mask for our first episode. I didn't think we were going to be able to pull it off, but we did. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm very In a mask. We in a mask. mask in a mask yeah it's less yeah, less work was, for me when the show good. is over actually so yes yeah yeah that yeah. was <laughs> that was fun now we'll steer yeah. back into the regular yeah. portion of the yeah, show yeah that was fun well since we were we were talking um we were talking about vince let's go ahead and pull up uh so um just quick thoughts you know it's been two weeks this happened while while we were while we were Mike, away where did you get this photoshop this is incredible <laughs> So if you're listening uh, to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, I, I found on Facebook a Photoshop of Vince McMahon as Walt Disney playing with Mickey and Goofy toys. Uh, it, it's he's just, like with the new stash and the bad dye job. He looks exactly like Walt Disney. It's incredible. I'm a hundred percent like Walt Disney. That's why I was like dumbfounded. Like it is amazing. I'm convinced that the that the stash and the hair are merely a diversion to get people not talking about this, uh, you know, um, severe manipulation gaslight job that's going on. People are like, look at his mustache. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. We should ask it's about the mustache. I didn't think about I it. I know. Yeah, it's distracting everybody from the scandals that he's been a part of. Or that, well, it's that I guess he's no longer a part of. He he paid them all off, so I guess those stories are dead now until something else comes out. But well, Is there a better company to work for than Endeavor if one has problems like this? Ari oh. don't care. No, like Dana White literally slapped his wife slapped in the face his twice. Wife. Yes, on, on camera. camera. And they were like, and, and he's like, went, 
and then went on to help him promote slap fight. And he's like, he's like, I really, really, I think I've paid. I think I've paid my penalty. People are going to know that I slapped my wife the whole rest of my life. And that worked. They're like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, you know, Dana's got a point. No, Dana makes them a lot of money. That's why Dana is able to do whatever he wants to do. Um, So, so here's here's a funny story. So, I um, on WrestleMania Sunday, so night two, I have to drive from Tulare, California, um, to uh, to Anaheim, and then I was going to drop. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just trying to set the scene here. Um, Tulare to Anaheim on a normal day is like three, three and a half hours. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. So I I I hit the I hit the uh I go through Bakersfield and I hit the five. I'm getting ready to go over in California, what is called the grapevine. If never if nobody's ever driven across the uh, down the grapevine on I five, it is like a pit of hell. Essentially like you're you're in Bakersfield, you're like almost like sea level. It's like not very high elevation. But as you get to the grapevine, you you end up going up to over 4,000 feet uh, of elevation. And and it's like a desolate area. There's nothing really out there other than like uh, water hoses for your radiator because a lot of radiators just explode on that highway. Um, so as we're going up there, there were three wrecks, okay? And I'm the one driving, and I have no access to my phone because it's bumper-to-bumper traffic for like uh, for like almost two hours. And I'm trying to get to WrestleMania that day. Right. So I, I see no notifications. I don't see anything until like 30 minutes before WrestleMania kicks off. I'm driving from Anaheim to uh, to Inglewood, which is tech, which was, should be a 30 minute drive. But L.A. traffic made it a little over an hour. I don't really find out that that the sale has happened until I get to my seat at WrestleMania. And I finally get through all the notifications and I got so many different chats and so many different people texting me. Yeah, I had one with you. I had one with you and BJ Bethel. I had one with you and John Muse. And then I had several other people. And we had, of course, our BFI chat. This thing was just popping off everywhere. Um, And I'm like, I'm looking at my phone. My buddy sitting next to me is like, bro, the the WWE and UFC have merged. They're creating a new company under the umbrella, uh, under the Endeavor banner. And Vince McMahon has been promoted. And he's going to essentially be Dana White and Nick Khan's boss. Right. And he, oh, he's part owner of UFC. Like, that's incredible. And then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar comes out, and I can't really look at my phone anymore to what? Because I got the show to watch. I wanted to watch the show. So I had to sit on that story for a while, and I didn't get to talk about it here. So this has been festering. Um, what, what were your initial thoughts when you heard the story? First of all, I thought you were going to tell me about that scene in the doors where Jim Morrison looks out the car window and there's that Native American family broken down in the <laughs> desert. I thought you were going on that whole trip with it. Um, no, no, I, I would never help anybody stranded. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is why I love the show. Um, yeah. I my first thought was no shit endeavor. Yeah, that lion son of a bitch. Like that's yeah. the first thing I thought was because Ari said, "Yeah, we're not going to take on more debt." But he was right. They didn't take on more mm-hmm. debt. It's just stuck. It's not even real. It's a mer. I mean, yeah. like it's not a sale. It's a merger, which is why the stock price initially plummeted, but it's fine now. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of, I don't know. It felt like the end of an era, but at the same time, it feels, you know, in retrospect, it's meet the old boss, same as the new or meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right. Yeah. For classic rock analogies, you know? Yeah. 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 I, 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 you know, I was just like, whenever it was explained to me and I was like this, I was like, I, I was always on the, of the opinion that it was going to be Comcast. I know body slam had Saudi Arabia. A lot of people had Saudi Arabia. I was, I was Comcast. It just made too much sense to me. But if you take a look at it, you know, Endeavor, when they purchased uh, UFC, they lied about it before they did it. 
They did. Employees were kept in the dark up until the announcement was actually made. Now, mm-hmm. a similar thing happened here. But the fact that they only got 51%, I was like, they got 51%. And if you're Vince McMahon, you only give up 51%. Uh, he gets 19% of UFC stock. And he gets to stay and, and be a boss. Not only that, he gets to be Dana White's boss. Dana White, who is actually a success, more successful promoter than Vince McMahon is. Right? That's true. And, and has, the, has the bigger company. He gets to be that guy's boss. I was like, this is a home run for Vince. And he's still the biggest shareholder of yeah. T- TKO, the new company. Right. Which we, well, we he, think- he, but Ari, Ari has all the control of the company. Ari has the control. He, yeah. Vince is the biggest shareholder, though. Yes. Right. Which at 70, whatever Vince is, I mean, like, makes perfect sense. You took care of you, you know, yeah. which is most important. You took care of you. Um, but it makes sense. Like, if you tell me, if you say UFC and WWE merge to become one company, that's like something a 12-year-old would say, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and then you think about it, like that, no, those are two different businesses. That can't happen. And then you think beyond that, and you're like, actually – makes perfect sense some people are like yeah. oh i think they'll have like split cards i don't think that's possible just because no. the surface the surfaces are different right no. yeah. a fight a yep. fight an octagon is different than a wrestling ring so i mean i don't think that would happen in it's, itself it's like owning an nfl team and owning a major league baseball team two different things but similar business models where mm-hmm. it's live event um television and also now uh, eventually, and my prediction, pay-per-view. I think WWE is going back to pay-per-view now. I think so, too. I think people are like, don't never do that. It's like, yeah, because they don't want more money. Why wouldn't they? Like Endeavor's made right. all this money with pay-per-views. It's 10 bucks to have ESPN Plus, right, a month. And then you have to spend 70 bucks on top of it, right, for a USC mm-hmm. pay-per-view. That's 80 bucks. And yeah. they're making a killing. Why wouldn't they do that with WWE? Why mm-hmm. wouldn't they? Doesn't I mean like, and I I keep thinking they're gonna bundle them together like for for streaming deals right like yeah. that's the money that's that's the money I would not surprise me to see them off Peacock when next time those those uh, rights come up I don't know when it I, is but it wouldn't surprise me yeah it wouldn't surprise me to see Disney get involved and uh, they they try to make a play for you know SmackDown to ABC or something like that and then put Raw on FX because that's what they own and then you got ESPN Plus for all of the specials and pay per views. Mm-hmm. Um, Essentially, what that's the the UFC deal. Now, you can't really have Raw and ESPN every Monday because ESPN cannot commit every Monday because they got Monday Night Football. But they do own other networks, namely FX, FX2, and um, obviously ABC, ABC proper. So, um, I I think I think that is a very realistic thing um, to to see going forward. I wonder about FX. I mean, like. There was a time the idea that FX and USA being in the same tier of cable networks was laughable. That time has passed, right? USA is not what it was 10 years ago, let alone 15 years ago, right? So I don't know. I wonder, I don't know what the amount of homes that FX is in, but I imagine it's probably comparable to USA these days. Yeah, it's probably comparable. And then you could also do like, like, Hey, it's, we're, we're airing live on FX and it's also streaming on ESPN plus. Mm-hmm. You could you could do that, right? And th- because that's what a lot of the the UFC stuff does anyway. Um, ESPN they do co-air a lot of their programming, like Monday Night Football. You can watch it on ESPN uh, or ABC, or you can just go to ESPN Plus and you can watch it there. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have all of that is right at your fingertips. So they did that with NCAA wrestling too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I think there's they just opened up a whole new world of possibilities, um, a whole new world of sponsorships because now you can get a bundle deal. With sponsors that want to, that can sponsor both UFC and WWE, um, mm-hmm. this uh, Nick Khan is really great at uh, getting sponsors, dude. Mm-hmm. I was watching. I, I was in the arena live, and we're getting ready for 
Hell in a Cell, right? And they show the the um, the the intro video, kind of recapping the feud between Edge and Finn Balor, right? And then as soon as that's over, we're thinking that the cell is going to drop and we're going to the 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 wrestlers are going to come out. And then all of a sudden, the Pope's Exorcist movie trailer comes on. Like never in a million, but that but that's what WWE is now, right? It is you know it it is kind of more of a spectacle, and then they have some wrestling on it. Um, and each match is its own television show. I tell you what, that broke my kid. The amount of time between the matches. Yeah. Just set him off because he's used to watching AEW where it's match, 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 all the stuff between. And then you watch it on Peacock, you're getting all the commercials and whatnot. Oh, the seven, his seven-year-old brain was like, I can't do this. Let's watch. I, I I tell you what, being there live and being uh, having a 40-year-old bladder, uh, I really appreciated the, uh, the time. <laughs> and my buddy who I was with, um, he – was drinking heavily that night and he would go up and get, you know, double fist talk cans back and forth in between the Ooh. matches. So yeah. So he, he was having a good old time and then yeah, he, I, he was all right. Yeah. 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 I, I had, uh, I, uh, well, it was, be- it was between uh hell in a cell and the main event. I, I took a full blown shit um, in between. That was good times. I had plenty of time in between those two matches. So, so I have was, to ask uh, at this point, what was it like yeah. taking a shit in that arena with 80,000 people in there? Seems well, stressful. there was eighty thousand people in the toilet, so that was that was okay. You were and still pooping Stadium, eighty thousand people, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it was quite powerful. And honestly, SoFi Stadium, um, they have two terrible football teams that play there: the Rams and the Chargers. True. But the, it's relatively new. It's a really nice stadium, and the bathrooms were quite nice. It's not like Dodger Stadium, where like when I first went to a Dodger game, I had to piss in a horse trough. You know, like oh like, yeah, Old Comiskey been Park there since the sixties. Yeah. yeah, Old Comiskey Park was like that too. It had been there since the teens. So you get. <laughs> Yeah. get tetanus when you take a leak in that thing yeah i miss those days yeah yeah but um all right man let's get let's go we got a little bit of time left on our debut episode let's go ahead and talk some more news we we already talked about it with mask but uh brian cage re-signed with aew i think brian cage had been leaking uh the, the wwe interest i personally don't think there was any wwe interest and if there were i think mask would have known and he would have shared it with us and, i agree uh, I, I, I think whenever somebody has a story about Brian Cage and it says sources close to Brian Cage's camp, that's Brian, Brian Cage. Cage. And Every especially time. when it comes from Fightful, they're very mm-hmm. friendly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he resigned with uh, AEW ROH. Is this the best, best fit for him? Yeah. He would have been exposed in WWE. He's short. Yeah. He's yeah. not, he doesn't have a lot of charisma. It's not like people are like, oh, he'd be perfect for WWE. People like look at Brian Cage and they think that, which when you look at the guy, you would think that. Yeah. But you think WWE has not been aware of who Brian Cage is the past 15 years? He used like, to work there he did. when he, he was, was about 190 pounds. pounds. Yeah. 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 Lots of people gain 100 pounds of pure muscle during their adult years. <laughs> it happens all the time. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I do. I think, I think him as swerves heavy is probably the best fit for him right now. Like he's got a lot of people like him. I think he has good matches. I think people are really hard on his matches. He is Mr. Get My Shit In, but his shit mm-hmm. is good. Like he has good shit. Like eventually yeah. he's going to have a match with Keith Lee and it's going to be awesome. Right? And like yeah. he'll do some more stuff. And I think him with Swerve is, is a good fit. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm yeah, I, I'm fine with it too. He absolutely would have been exposed there. He was exposed a little bit in impact, and they did a good job of protecting him. He's but once he had to, AW. he had to carry some feuds, and like, uh, thank God, one of his feuds was with Sammy Callahan because Sammy Callahan cut all the promos and did everything for that feud. He really carried it, um, and then eventually they uh, they let Tessa Blanchard beat Cage in a steel 
in, in, uh, in a number one contenders match. She powerbombed him, and I was like, well, this guy's dead. Well, look at the first part of his run with AEW, right? He was with Taz, who's a great, who always been a great talker. And then he was the centerpiece of Team Taz until Ricky Starks became the centerpiece of Team Taz because mm-hmm. Ricky can talk. That's what he needs. Like, he's a really big guy that can work, but he doesn't have much personality. Now he's with Swerve, who's got a lot of personality, who's got this unique charisma that's different than anybody else's. And he could take, you know, he could do the beatings while Swerve does cool shit. You know, I just, I think this... I think this 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 marriage of sorts can work. And I also think Brian Cage is a guy who does get exposed if you see him for too long. So I think Tony mm-hmm. Khan's plan of like taking him out of out of like the limelight for a while is a good one. Cause then you bring this dude back and you go, Oh yeah, Brian Cage, God, he's huge. Right. But yeah. if you look at the monster all the time, the monster isn't cool anymore. So I'm I think yeah. cycling him <laughs> I just said Brian cycling. Cage and cycling at the same time. <laughs> that was unintentional. Cycling yeah. him in and out as one does with certain things is probably the best move. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wh- where did I go? Sorry. Wrong one. All right. FTR. They have re-signed with AEW. I told you so. Uh, yeah. We, I think we saw this one coming for a while. I told you so. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. not, not a surprise. I don't know why they would leave their biggest run of their career has been at AEW. Like people are like, yeah. they didn't get to wrestle the young bucks the second time. Okay. They gave yeah. him three sets of belts from three different companies. <laughs> These guys, okay, CMLL and AAA absolutely hate each other. Absolutely hate each other, right? We can all agree to that, correct? Yeah. New Japan and CMLL have an, extent, an extensive working relationship that goes back decades, correct? Yep. These dudes were, see, were the IWGP and AAA tag team champions at the same time. Mm-hmm. From two companies that didn't even talk to each other. If that's not saying, hey, we're pushing you, I don't know what is. So, I mean, like, I think sometimes people, Dax, it cannot be happy. And he's talked about how he's in therapy now trying to be a better man. I'll give him his credit there. But, like, these guys are more popular than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Right? It and, makes perfect and, sense to stay. And they're still my favorite tag team. And uh, this is the best team. place for them. Yeah. Um, would, would I have liked to see, like, a prime ftr have a big run with kevin and sammy hell yeah sign me up for that we're just but you're not, not gonna, gonna. Get it. no but we're you wouldn't not gonna get it dude kevin and sammy are gonna be done as a tag team in three months if that that's true that's true like but, that's you, know, not you, what... you still you still got the usos there which i i, oh, I don't know if we... they've ever wrestled them before and are you are being facetious on this one right they wrestled a bazillion times in the in WWE. They had the Usi Hot segment, right? And they were shaving <laughs> oh, their backs right. and stuff like that. I, I might have been out on WWE at that time. Oh. I, I honestly, their main roster run, I didn't watch much of. I just know them like was I was NXT Revival, like with American Alpha. Those were great. They actually, had, they, yeah, with great. a DIY, they had mm-hmm. really good matches with um with Big Cass and Enzo of all people. Like they had those gone, are good. Uh, yeah, they they were they were fantastic, but I did not watch much of their main roster run. Dude, they had a good they had good matches with Colton and Austin Gunn. Yeah, who are yes, fine. Yes. Who? Yeah, they're not bad. They are fine. But yeah, man, yeah. it's um, it makes perfect sense. They're yeah, they're fit. They're a fit for this company, and then they can. I, I think. I think. Uh, Parker took to Twitter and he, I think he quote tweeted Dax and he said, and, and I was, I totally agree with him. Um, he said something to the effect of, uh, this is before the announcement was made. He goes, this is all going to lead up to them announcing they've signed a five-year deal and everyone's going to be like, yeah, we figured. And that's exactly what happened except for it was a four-year deal. <laughs> yeah. Parker's got a lot. Parker got a lot, gets a lot of those things right sometimes. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I like it. Yeah. 
I'm a good fan. They're against. They're gonna have a Young Bucks match again, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, um, New Japan, Noah, and All Japan, big Super Show coming on, man. That sounds pretty cool. All um, together again. All together again. I'm I'm digging it. It should be on New Japan World. Uh, looking forward to that. No matches have been announced, but uh, Kento Miyahara, Kaito Kiyomiya, and Hiroshi Tanahashi were there at the press conference. Um, looking better as hell. Yeah, a lot of hair dye. <laughs> a lot of bleach <laughs> but, in that picture. Um, yeah, that 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 should be really fun. It should be. I mean, like, and here's what's nice about it too is people are starting to catch on to Noah. Thanks to you know, I know, I know, like a lot of people didn't like the Muto run in Noah, but it got a lot more. It got a lot more Western eyes on Muto. On excuse me, on Noah, right? And I think having this show again is going to get a lot, a lot of Western eyes on Kaito and not, not just Kaito Kimi, excuse me, Kenta Miyahara, who I think is one of the yeah. best professional wrestlers on the planet. I cannot wait to see what they do with this guy. He is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and then last last two things uh, on Impact tonight. And so uh, for our Brace for Impact fans, uh, Mickey James relinquished the Knockouts Championship. She did it. She did it in the ring, but after the 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 crowd had filtered out, um, so there was it was like an empty arena thing. And uh, she said that she's injured and she cannot compete. And so Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo will vie for the vacant Knockouts Championship at Rebellion this coming Sunday, which obviously no- should be a hell of a match. We have no champions in Impact. Everyone's everyone's <laughs> losing their smile over an Impact man. What's going on? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I they heard we were leaving uh, Brace for Impact, and they're like, "Ah, fuck it, we're leaving too." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. it's a I don't know. It's a bummer. Mickey's the most interesting thing on the show for the last couple of months has been her. What do they call it? Last rodeo. The last almost, rodeo. Yeah, last. I rodeo. keep trying to go with what I keep thinking what Watts did, and I, I keep getting that crossed in my head. Um, it's a bummer. I mean, if she's yeah. legit injured and not re-signing somewhere else, you know, you never know. Yeah, so, you never know. You never know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's get the belt back on Deanna. That, that's what I would do, and I, I would end it with uh, Macklin and Deanna as the champions, Ooh. kind of uh, the power couple, power you couple. know, which they have not really acknowledged that they're a couple, but I think now is probably the perfect time to do that. Um, and w- whether or not, the, you know, they just recently flipped Deanna babyface, so maybe maybe I, I think Macklin is better served as a babyface. Um, I think he's going to have a really good match with Kushida, and I think he's going to win the title there, and maybe they, they flip him babyface, or they flip Deanna back heel however they want to do it. Down is good heel. Yeah, down is a is probably a better heel, but she has not been a babyface in this promotion, so that's why I think they were trying to keep her babyface. But now that Mickey James is hurt, and who knows when she's coming back or if she's coming back, uh, you might have to go back to uh, what the well that has always been there, which is a a great heel champion in Diana with a Jordan Grace chasing her. Yeah, it's always been. Um, it has its roots in Southern professional wrestling, and having a heel champion just kind of works in Impact for long stretches. So I think that if we have you know, I think I actually like your idea of the power of the uh, power couple thing, right? I think that would be yeah. a really good idea, and also would tie because oftentimes the knockouts kind of are on their own island sometimes in Impact. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be nice to kind of tie it together. It'd be different, and you know, it'd be creative, which makes me think they're not going to do it because they don't they don't <laughs> do creative very well. Although I did like <laughs> yeah. Team, I do like the looks of Team Bulky for the hardcore yeah. war thing. That looks kind of cool, yeah. actually. With um, with Moose, yeah, Moose and Myers, and uh, who and Kenny who is King, else is in it? Mm-hmm. Kenny King, and I think that uh, that levels it up in my mind. I'm like, oh, and Masha, like, and the two uh, the dorks, the, what do they call them? The the good the hand jobs. Uh, what do they call yeah. them? The hand jobs. The hand jobs. Yeah, called them that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're, the think... good, they're the good hands, and they're always doing jobs. So yes, the good that's hand jobs. there you go. Um, 
I I think this could actually work as a heel stable if they decide to keep it together. I looked at that. And I'm like, this kind of works actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. They they uh, they definitely leveled it up. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Re- Rebellion this Sunday. I'll I'll be watching. Um, I'll probably do something for the Patreon. Uh, do some Abrace for Impact stuff. Uh, maybe I'll bring on uh, the BFI chat faithful. Oh, um, good, idea. good idea. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be cool. Um, uh, we all we all have access to that show. We all have the same access to that show um, because we're a brotherhood in that chat. So <laughs> very 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 cheap access, I would say. Just uh, just gonna go out there and put that stuff out in the open. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. You know, crazy. We just have connections, is all I'm saying. <laughs> we just we just have good connections. But Fell um, off the back of a truck. Yeah. But hey, guys, (laughs) hey, guys, that was the debut edition uh, for the Mike and JD show. Um, We we are going to be kicking some Mike and JD Patreon content soon, just not this week. JD and I are going to come up with some ideas and uh, that way we can continue to contribute to the Patreon. So if you like this content and if you want more fight game media content, head over to patreon.com slash fight game media. And we got a ton of stuff happening over there. We will be back next week. And until then, mahalo. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.